you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. of the Lord today. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We're so glad you're here today. So glad to have the Fullers with us today. Those of you who may not be acquainted with Pastor and Sister Fuller and their family, this is my daughter-in-law Destiny's family, her father who pastors in Nacogdoches, Texas, the oldest city in Texas. Is that right? The oldest city in Texas. It is uh, a great place, a great place. And these are wonderful, wonderful people. We love and appreciate the Fullers. I'm going to ask you this morning to give them a great big CLC welcome as Brother Fuller comes to minister the word to us. We love you. Take your liberty today. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I appreciate the feeling of home, appreciate the warmth of this congregation, and appreciate what it speaks in the spirit. And to your pastor, brother, sister Jordan, we love them, appreciate them, great man of God, woman of God. Don't you love your pastor and their family? Amen. To all the ministry today, I do want to say It's an honor to be with all of you, and the praise team has done such a wonderful, wonderful job leading us into the presence of God. Amen. The Lord is good. He is good, and it's good to have my family. Amen. I love my wife and children, and glad to be with them this morning in the house of God. Amen. I want to go to Joshua this morning, Joshua chapter 17. And preach from this scripture, Joshua chapter 17, verse 14, starting there. And we'll read through verse 18, but Joshua 17, verse 14. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot 
and one portion to inherit. Seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country, and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Prizites and of the giants. If Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee, and the children of Joseph said, The hill is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Both they who are of Bashin and her towns, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art, I want you to notice this, Thou art a great people and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only. I want to say this again. Thou art a great people and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only. But the mountain shall be thine. Everybody say, that's mine. For it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine. For thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and thou, though they be strong. I want to preach this morning, and I... I feel a word of prophecy for this house. But I want to talk about when problems accompany the promise. When problems accompany the promise. Can you lift your hands to the Lord right now? And if God's ever gave you a promise in this house, I want you to remind God right now, Lord, the promise that you spoke to me, I'm bringing it to my memory today. And Lord, I'm going to stir my faith. I'm going to believe for the greater things of God right now. I pray for the Spirit of the Lord to minister to this house. But Lord, the angel that you have sent into this place, minister for the people today. I pray for the people of God to be strengthened and encouraged. And Lord, for everyone that is here to leave this house blessed more than they come. With a word of assurance and power, let the angel of God Minister in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and honor. Amen. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Praise God. You can be seated. I was on my dear stand here uh, at the opening of Texas season, first Saturday in November, and the Lord began to speak to me about coming and preaching this word. There was the voice of God that began to tell me to go and assure my people that no matter the problems that are among them, my promises to them are greater than what they are going through. 
And I said, yes, Lord, and I'm here today to tell you in the Holy Ghost that no matter what you are going through today, you've got to reassure yourselves that the promises of God are greater in my life than the problems that I am going through. It was Joshua that led Israel over the Jordan into the promised land. It was Joshua that would encourage the people of God and say, be strong. And he would lead them through battles. They would suffer defeat at Ai. They would conquer others known as Jericho. But as you look into Joshua's leadership, he is now bestowing upon the tribes of Israel the blessings of God that had come to them. He gets in chapter 17 to the children of Joseph. Manasseh and Ephraim had been blessed of the Lord. It was an inheritance. It was the favor of God. And they were blessed children. I want you to notice that when Joshua begins to speak to them, they begin to remind Joshua that we are a great people and we are a blessed seed. It was Joshua that looked at them and began to speak out and said to Ephraim and to Manasseh, the children of Joseph, saying, You are a great people and you are blessed. I want to come today to tell you and no matter who you are no matter how long you have been serving God or how short of a time you might have just got here but you are a very blessed people. You are more than the adversary would ever give you credit for being. You are the creation of God. You are the seed of the one that knew I'm going to come and to bless them. It is the trick of the adversary to beat us down and to get us to think that there's nothing left of my life. I've come to refuse that and to tell you today there's more left of you than you've ever imagined. There is a blessing and promise of God that God wants to pour out upon every family in this church. You just got to realize it today and begin to say, I am blessed. I am blessed. I'm going to receive the promises that God has guaranteed me and promise me through his word. Joseph affirmed that as he begins to tell them that you are great and you are blessed and you have great power. And as we begin to look into the word of God, many times we fail to realize that God uses others to contribute blessings into our life. Joshua realized that this people were from the loins of a great man. And that's why he began to talk to them 
about their blessedness and their power and their greatness because when he realized Joseph had been a type of a savior to Israel, he had dreams of great things, but in return he got criticized, he got captured, he got sold into slavery, he would go through the highs and the lows of life, but yet in the end result, he ended up second hand to Pharaoh. The end result was when he was in position and place that God had designed for his life. There was around 70 of his father's house that had come and they were now saved from starvation because a man that walked through problems and things that he did not understand in his life. The only thing that perhaps Joseph had to hold on to was a dream of promise that one day I'm going to be that man. One day I'm going to fulfill the purpose of God. Problems accompanied the promise, but it did not stop Joseph from reaching his destiny. I want to tell somebody today that there's a lot of promise in this house, but the adversary has tried to make us look at the problems as they are greater than the promise. But I've come to tell you today, the problems only accompany the promise. They are never greater than what God is willing to do in your life. And so here we have him and Joseph's now on the throne. It goes back to the word given to his great, great, great grandfather Abraham that God said, I'm going to Put, your, put the seed in bondage. They'll have to be there around 400 years. But I'm telling you, Abraham, after that time, they're going to come out with great substance. It was a promise that was made to Abraham before Joseph ever arrived on the scene. But when Joseph got there, he had to go through some difficulties to get into the place that the promise could be positioned and then they would be sold into slavery and things would not go the way that they perhaps thought they would but God has a way that whenever his word is pronounced his word will come forth and it will prosper in the thing that God has sent it. I've come to tell you we've went through some some highs and we've went through some lows. Your pastor has preached the word of God. The promises have come to your ears and into your heart and the adversary has tried to trip you up. There's problems, there's trials, there's tribulations, but the preacher is telling you the word of God is not yea and nay, but the promises of God are yea and in him, amen. Come on, somebody. There's a word for you today. God is telling you the promises I have put in your life, they're real, and they're going to come forth today. Come on. 
I just want to choke that old devil out, that old spirit of unbelief that says, well, I thought the preacher preached to me that everything was going to be all right. I'm telling you today, everything will be all right. But there's going to be some valleys, and there's going to be some trials, and there's going to be some setbacks, but there will always be a setup. And when God gets ready to let his promises be fulfilled, there's going to be victory in your life like you've never experienced before. Because everything that they were going through was because of the promises of God. And when Joshua looks at the offspring of Joseph, he begins to pronounce to them, you are a great people. You do have great power. Come on, we sing about it. This power that we have in Jesus We talk about it, but when the adversary comes, are we really reminded that we really do have great power through our God to get us through any difficulty that we're going through in life? Joshua knew well. The Bible said that there arose another Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And Joshua was born in a time of great affliction and persecution. He was born in a time where they were in slavery. Problems abound on every hand. And on the backside of a desert, God is dealing with a boy by the name of Moses, a man by this time. And God is telling Moses, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Joshua is going through affliction. Joshua is a part of the slavery. Joshua does not know freedom. But here comes a man by the name of Moses. And he begins to preach to Pharaoh. You got to let him go. This is God's people. They're a great people. I've come to tell somebody there's a word that's been echoing in the spirit. You gotta let my people go. There's a promise that's been uttered a long, long time ago. Come on, somebody. If you're feeling bound, you need to begin to say, It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm gonna be loosed, I'm going to be set free. All Joshua knew, be seated, was the problems. All Joshua knew was the sweat of his brow and slavery. But oh, here come a man preaching promises while they're stuck right in the midst of their problems. And while he's talking about a promised land, they're being beat with whips and they're building chief cities for the Pharaoh. But while he's preaching milk and honey, they're drinking the stale water and the sweat of their brow. There's nothing to get excited about, about what Moses is preaching because all we're going through is our hardships and our troubles and our difficulties. 
That's why when Moses led them across that Dead Sea, all of a sudden, the Red Sea, all of a sudden, whenever he sent Joshua and Caleb with the other spies, they come back and they said, hey, everything you told us, Moses, it was real. And the other spies said, yes, we saw the milk and honey. We saw the pomegranates and the grapes. We witnessed everything that God has promised us. But there's a problem there. There's giants in the land. And we were as grasshoppers in our own sight. But all of a sudden, Caleb steals the people. And he says, listen to me. I know there's problems, and I can just hear it. I heard the preacher say, there's milk and honey. And when I got there, it was everything that he preached and said that it was. And I like the words of Caleb. He said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. In other words, my promise will give me direction through my problems, despite of my problems. If I've got a promise from God, I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to make it to the other side. Somebody listen to me. The temptations might have rose up in your life, but I've got a word from God. It's not greater than the promise that God has put into your spirit. You need to say today I'm going to claim that promise I'm going to hold on to it I'm not going to let the difficulties in my life drown me out of my promise I will arise to the occasion and I will possess what God has promised in my life oh come on and clap your hands under the Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Despite your bitterness, despite your misunderstandings, the promise is going to be fulfilled in your life. I love the Old Testament. Many today are saying, we don't need the Old Testament. I refute that. I love the Old Testament because the Old Testament is type and shadow of things that was to come. That Old Testament was nothing but the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is that Old Testament revealed into my life. That's why I can preach these stories and say it's not over. Despite my circumstance, it ain't over. Despite my hardship, it ain't over. Despite the chance in the land, it ain't over. What are you saying, Brother Fuller? I'm saying today, you got to make up your mind. We're going to have revival. We're going to see the promises of God. We're going to see Frankfurt turn over to Jesus. We're going to see an old-fashioned apostolic revival like we've never seen before. We're going to see it. 
Come on, somebody shout, we're going to see it. Come on, shout it again, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. I'm not going to give up on it until it's fulfilled in my hand. Now, watch this. Talking about things we go through. There was a woman by the name of Naomi. The Bible talks about her husband, Imelech. He left with Naomi, his two sons. They go into the land of Moab. And as they get there, things started off pretty good. Pretty soon, he falls dead. If that wasn't to complicate things, the two sons fall dead. And they only leave Naomi with two daughter-in-laws. And when you look at the setting, Naomi is left there with two Moabitess women, which to the Jews were considered Gentiles, outcasts. But whenever Naomi learned their love, there was something missing in Naomi's life. Her husband was gone. Her sons were gone. I've got two daughter-in-laws, but I don't want to take them from their families. And so the Bible said that she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab. And she heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Now Naomi rises up and she begins to talk to these girls they went and they began to commune with her. And Naomi tells them, you go back to your people. You go back to your gods. And Orpha begins to cry and she begins to kiss her mother-in-law and she walks away. But that little girl that we always talk about by the name of Ruth, she could have went back to her family and had everything in her mind she could ever have. She could have went back to her father's house. Everything would have been restored. But she looked at Naomi and said, No, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Your God is going going to be my God and your people will be my people and she started a journey the Bible said that these two women left they went back to Bethlehem and when they come to Bethlehem it come to pass that as they arrived they said unto her Naomi and she said call me not Naomi but call me Mara. The Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. And I want you to notice what she says. I went out full and I am come. The Lord brought me home empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? The Almighty hath afflicted me. Naomi is looking at her circumstances. When Naomi left, the Bible talks of the Hebrew name for Naomi is pleasant. She was a pleasant woman. But when she come back, she brought problems in her 
life. She was empty. She was troubled. There's things that happen in our life that we don't understand. It's not that we're bad. It's not that we turn our backs on God. But sometimes there's things that happen that we don't understand. You may not know how that you got into the circumstance that you're at. And once you might have been full, but maybe you're kind of empty this morning. I want to tell somebody that it's not how you left, but it's what you do in response to the promise that God is wanting to put into your life. Here's the word. Do not let your trouble define you. But you need to define your trouble. Don't let your problems begin to define who you are. But you define what your problems are. And you remind yourself, I've got a promise from God that's greater than my circumstance. Naomi and Ruth turned the tables because while everyone else looked at her as empty, she remembered Ruth 2 and verse 1 that Elimelech had a kinsman whose, mighty, whose name was Boaz. The Bible said he was a mighty man of wealth. He was of the family of Amalek. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean the ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. All of a sudden, she remembered, there's Boaz. He's wealthy. He's got fields of corn and wheat. And here goes Ruth, that little Moabitess. It didn't feel like she belonged into that crowd, but she was cleaning to Naomi. I've come to tell somebody today that God has a blessing for you. No matter where you feel like, I don't fit, I do fit. I don't know what's going on in my life. There's too many problems. There's too many circumstances. But may I tell you today that the God that I'm preaching to you is well able to reach his hand into any circumstance and to bring forth a promise that will bless you and move you to your destiny. Come on, love the Lord all over this place today. I feel it. I feel it. But you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what Ruth went through when she got back or she got to Bethlehem. Naomi had returned, but Ruth did not belong in her mind, in others' minds. But troubles were a part of Naomi's life. But whenever you begin to look at the boldness of Naomi and Ruth, sending Ruth in and all that happened in the story, I want to tell you today that Ruth would find her husband in Boaz. 
And when you begin to look at this from Boaz and Ruth, from his loins and from Ruth's womb would come a man by the name of Jesse. And from the loins of Jesse would come a man by the name of David. And when you begin to study the lineage of Boaz and Ruth, you're going to find not only did a great king come out of their loins, but a man that would make mistakes and a man that God would say, I've got some promises in your life, no matter your problems, no matter what you're going through. And God would raise up David and out of the loins of David would finally come a baby boy by the name of Jesus. That's why I'm here to tell somebody, do not let your problems begin to define you. Don't let your circumstances begin to define who you are. Because if it had not been for Naomi, her emptiness, her broken dreams, to taking Ruth back to Bethlehem, and Ruth taking a man's hand by the name of Boaz, David would never have been born. If David would have never been born, I believe Jesus would have got here some way. But oh, through the loins of David would come that offspring, and that angel would tell Joseph and Mary, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What are you talking about this morning? I'm talking about with problems came the promise. I'm telling somebody today, God's got a promise in your life. And while there may be some setbacks, there's a God in heaven that said, Hey, my promises are greater than where you are right now. They're greater. What I'm telling you is Jesus Christ come from a lineage of problems and setbacks. But he got here and he offered us salvation and hope. So without problems, the promise in my life would have never come. Without problems, Jesus Christ would have never made it to the cross. The Pharisees crucified him with their words and their deeds. He walked through problems in his life. He went through the things of suffering. And when he got into Gethsemane and he began to pray, Father, if if you you be willing. Remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not mine will, but thine will be done. He knew the suffering. He knew the pain and the agony, but he went through it all because there was a promise on his way. He told them disciples, I want you to go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. This is the promise that you have been waiting for. I'm telling somebody today, your breakthrough is right here. Your greatest hour is right here. My God, I feel revival. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. But I also think somebody needs to rise up and say, I'm going to get unbelief behind me. But my problems are not going to define who I am in God.
I've watched too many people that let their problems begin to define their life. They let their problems define their church life. They let their setbacks keep them out on Sunday night and Sunday morning. You need to stand up this morning in your spirit and say, I will no longer let my problems, my circumstance set me back. But I'm going to set myself up in the promises of God. Come on, I wonder how many in this building ever has received a word from God. Have you received a promise from the Most High? Has God ever told you anything? And the devil said, you're not going to receive that. Look, look what you've done. I'm here to tell you, you just need to get back in the field and say today, I'm going to glean from what the preacher has been preaching. Come on, somebody. That's why Joshua went to Ephraim and Manasseh, and he did not start to criticize them. But he said, hey, you are a great people. You do have great power. And I've come to tell you today, you're a great people. You have great power. But the promises of God, they're waiting for you to walk on up and to say today, I want the promises of God in my life like I've never had. I've got to have it. Come on. Is somebody hungry this morning? Is somebody needing a miracle? Does somebody want God to work in their life? Is there a backslidden child that you're saying, God, it's time you promised me. I've went through some heartaches. I've went through some trials. I needed healing. I needed guidance. God's reaching everyone stand all over this building right now. The Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. He staggered not at the promises of God. I'm telling somebody right now, we're fixing to have a little session of worship unto God. It's worship where things are made new. It's worship when we come to the altar and we lay ourselves on that altar and say today, God, I'm a great people. I've got great power. And there's some promises. I want you to notice what happened in this context of Scripture. Joshua said to Ephraim and Manasseh, You are great. You do have great power. He said, And there's wood in the mountains. He said, You're going to hew down that wood. And all of the outgoings of that wood is going to come back and bless you. And no matter that the enemy has chariots of iron, you're going to conquer them. God sent me with a word for you today to tell you despite the hardships, the, the problems, the, the circumstances, His promises are going to be fulfilled in this house. And for somebody, you got to realize God's going to make you great. 
more than you ever dreamed. I just wanted a piece of land. But Joshua said, there's wealth there. You're going to send out that wood, and it's going to come back to bless you. What are you saying, preacher? I've got a word for somebody. Your problems ain't defining you. You're going to define your problems. While it may look too massive, God said, I'm going to bless you coming in and going out. I'm going to crown you in life. Come on, somebody. I want you to throw your hands in the air right now and just begin to say, God, all of the promises you've ever offered into my life, I lift my hands and I accept that promise right now. The message, the word that pastor has preached, I'm gleaning that and it's going to break forth in the promise of my salvation today. Somebody, listen, I feel the heartbeat of somebody saying I got to get things right with God so I can align myself with that promise. I want you to just come right now. These altars are open. Church, would you come? If you're needing God, I want you to come with them right now. As you make your way to this front, I want you to start telling yourself, I'm not going to let my past define who I am. I'm not going to let my past define who I am. I'm going to define it through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to define it through the blood of the Lamb. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. God's calling you right now. God's calling for you right now. He's calling for you right now. He's calling for you right now. Come on, the promises of God. He's reaching. He's reaching. He's reaching. Come on, he's reaching. I believe right now, Lord. in this house right now. Come on, there's miracles in this place right now. Come on, there's miracles in this place. God, I've been against the wall. There's miracles. An angel is in this place for you today. Come on. Come on, let it flow. right now. Come on, pray one for another. Come on, church, pray one for another right now. I believe there's some promises. I believe for brother and sister Jordan, God's going to unveil heaven and let the things that he's promised them flow into their lives and their ministry. Come on, somebody. God's reaching for you right now. You need to approach this as I know. I know where I've come from. 
but I know who I am. I'm a blood-bought child of God. I've got the blood of Jesus. I believe. the things in your life. God, I'm believing right now. right now I see it in a vision families you need to get together right now you need to join together right now husband to wife God has made you promises and there's been circumstances in your life that the adversary told you God forgot about you I've come a long way to tell you God ain't forgot about you and no matter how strong the chariot of iron looked against you there's some promises on your horizon and in the next days and months God's going to open the windows of heaven but you're going to have to lay your hands on it and from now to then you cannot stagger at the promise of God but you got to be full of faith saying it's on its way. Monday morning, it's on its way. 
Tuesday morning, it's on its way. Wednesday morning, it's on its way. Thursday morning, look what just arrived in the mail, honey. It's what we've been waiting for. It is the promise that the preacher spoke from God to our lives. Come on, all over this building. Come on, if you don't believe it, I, I can't help you no more. But if you'll believe it today, God is saying, here I am, here I am, here I am, and I am in the midst of you. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to sing a victory. I'm going to sing a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to sing a victory. I'm going to sing a victory. For the gather together with your family right now I want you to pray a specific prayer with me without a doubt every family every individual that faces problems your problem is different from your neighbor's problem from the family across the ways problem but we all deal with problems on the journey to the promise I want you to name those promises to the to those promises to the Lord today and I want you to speak to those problems. And I want you to say, get behind me, Satan. I put it under my feet. I put it behind me in the name of the Lord. Come on, I want you to pray that kind of prayer. I want you to be very specific. You know what the issue is. You know the battle you're fighting. You know the problem. It's different for every one of us. But right now, by the power and authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I speak to that mountain right now that it be cast into the sea. I speak faith and hope right now over every situation, over every family. God, right now, every family that feels like that promise is fading, Lord, I pray for a resurrection of faith right now. Lord, I declare victory over the adversary. I declare victory over the enemy right now in the name of the Lord. Come on, pray. Pray the prayer of faith over your family. Pray the prayer of faith over your promise right now. In the name 